We're going to be talking about uh, the beliefs of religion and the attitudes of science. They're very different disciplines, but they're both trying to accomplish the same thing. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. We're going to be talking about uh, the beliefs of religion and the attitudes of science. They're very different disciplines, but they're both trying to accomplish the same thing. They're both trying to figure out what's true and what's real. So there really can't be any uh, disagreement between the two. Because if you're both looking for the truth, you gotta you got to come to the same conclusion. Because there's only one truth. But there's a different, a different manner, a different attitude. For example, in Torah, what the Torah tells us is the final word. You either believe it or you don't. What science is trying to do is come to the conclusion through experiment, through research, and through logic. That can't be the final word, because as soon as you say this is the final word, you're not being logical anymore. You're being dogmatic. And that only applies to religion. We don't want to turn science into a religion. So the scientist, the good scientist, knows that no matter what argument I have today, tomorrow I'll have a better one. Science is always improving and growing. So you can't say, yesterday I discovered something and that's it. That's the final word. That's the fact. No, it's all part of the research. If you say this is it, this is the final conclusion, then you've killed science. There's no point in going and doing any more research if you're so sure you know the answer. So, <clears throat> science is human beings trying to figure out what the world is all about. The Torah is the Creator telling you what the world is all about. Let me give you a good example. You walk into a room and there's a desk sitting in the middle of the room. Now you're trying to figure out how did the desk get there? Was it always there? Was it built, put together, right there in that room from pieces? You have all sorts of theories, possibilities of how the desk got there. And then some guy walks in and says, excuse me, this is my office. I bought the desk at Costco last week, Tuesday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, now you know, and you can put all your theories and guesswork away, because here's the guy who did it. So the Torah is telling you what God did when he created the world. It's not a theory, 
it's not research. It's not using human logic. It's giving you the final answer. Now the question is, can science, which means human beings, can human beings ever figure out what the Torah already tells us? Can we logically come to the same conclusion? Or are we going to go off in different directions? So now, let's discuss the whole thing. What does science actually say about the origins of the universe? Well, the scientists gave up on the origins. They don't talk about the origins of the universe anymore because they just can't get there. So instead, we're talking about the age of the universe. We don't know how it started, but we think we know when it started. The theory is great. Maybe there was a Big Bang. Maybe there were some subatomic particles or some strange stuff that exploded into a world. Maybe. The theory still needs completing. There are still some holes in the theory. And at best, if there were no holes in the theory, it would be a perfect possibility. But nobody would say, this is for sure how it happened. Because you can't. You can't know for sure. You can only say it could have happened this way. And even if it could have happened this way, maybe it didn't. Maybe God came and created it and didn't wait for it to happen. So, there really is no conflict between a good theory and a fact. Yes? Is there a microphone you can speak into? I can hardly hear you. I can hear me? Yeah. Go okay. ahead. Uh, I don't remember where I heard this from. It was from one of the many books. can't remember the name. Right? And it's God cast out a seed and it, blew, uh, and it exploded into the universe. Uh, like like a Kabbalistic me? book? That was like a book on Kabbalah or something? I believe so. Yeah. Well, see, the idea is the same, but the mystery remains. The mystery is, how do you go from nothing to something? And whether you're doing it scientifically or you're doing it religiously, it's the same question. Because we both agree, science and Torah agree, the world started at a certain point. It didn't always exist. So if it wasn't, how did it become? That's a mystery. And we gave up on figuring out how. We're just trying to understand when. So, on the question of how old the universe is, Science is starting with a big assumption. If the world came into existence 
in an embryonic state, how long would it take for it to become the condition that it's in today? And they're probably right. It would take billions of years. But that's on the assumption that the world was once embryotic, that the world was born like a baby, started off tiny, and then it matured, and then it grew. The Torah says, God created the world complete, old, finished. There was never an embryonic world. Like, for example, when Adam and Eve were created, they were never fetuses. They were never babies. They were never in diapers. They were created 20 years old on the day that they were created. So they were created adults. Trees were created with fruit, not seeds. So if Adam and Eve chopped down a tree, how many rings would they find in that tree? Maybe hundreds. But the tree is only three days old. So the world was created mature. If it had been created embryonic and had to age over time, then yes, it would have taken billions of years. But it didn't happen that way. And, and it's very logical. God created the world because he wanted to see something happen. He didn't want to sit and wait billions of years for the world to get ready. So he created the world complete. He didn't create babies. He created adults who could do something useful. He created trees with fruit. He created an earth with diamonds, with gas, with oil, because he wanted a complete world and wouldn't wait for it to, to mature on its own. You know what the real issue is? The real issue is that the scientists don't want to deal with a certain question. And they're going to have to deal with this question. Because if you don't deal with this question, you'll never really understand this world as a scientist. The question is, not how did the world come into existence, but why? So here, here's the logic. In the beginning, there was one thing, one absolute, self-sustaining, uh, eternal being, whatever you want to call it, a subatomic particle. That was the one thing that existed at the beginning. And from that, everything else evolved. The real question is, why would anything evolve? There's only one thing that exists, and it always existed. Now what? Do you see the problem? So the scientists come up with a theory of a Big Bang. There were two things, and they collided, and that's what started the whole process. But you can't begin with two things. You've got to start with one of the two. 
But if you start with one, it's the end of the story. There was one thing, and it always existed. And then what happened? It exploded? Why would it explode? It started to evolve? Why would it evolve? It's already perfect. You see, you have to ask why, not how. And that's why believing in God is the only thing that makes sense, because belief in God simply means whatever existed for real, whatever, maybe it was a subatomic particle, but it was a subatomic particle that wants something. And because it wants, it created. So what is God? What do we mean when we say God? We mean the, the original being, whatever that was, that wants something. 